You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. No far better looking than Ricardo Ball. Well, maybe not. He's got better hair than I have. He's got the rock star look. He wouldn't look out of place in Metallica. Me, I'm probably more of a a boy band look. Nah, Guns N' Roses, that's me. Anyway, we are talking all things Chiefs. This is Chiefs Man Up. We are talking Super Rugby for the final time this year. Now, he's currently in uh, down there in the central South Island. Uh, Lakefront, I understand, is all black great. One of the Chiefs' um, original pioneers, the great Ian Jones, joins us. Carmo, welcome. Yeah, kia ora, Wado. No, Lake uh, Pukaki at the moment. Just um, went on one of the great New Zealand short walks today, the Hooker Valley Walk in glorious conditions. Just stunning, stunning to be around the grandeur of the South Island. Loved it. Yeah, absolutely stunning, stunning part of the world. I do encourage people to get down there if they haven't travelled through that part of the country, certainly if you live in the North Island. Well, Carmo, as always, uh, when you have a final, there's always going to be a discussion. There's always going to be plenty of interest around the referee. But when it's all said and done, in 10 years from now, history will just remember the Crusaders winning their seventh straight, Chiefs getting beaten in the finish by 25 points to 20. What's your take on it? Oh, I was gutted. Absolutely ripped and broken uh, when, when, when the Chiefs lost. Had a fantastic season. You know, very, very proud of, of the whole team uh, to go all the way to the final. That would have been one of their goals to secure a home final. Absolutely fantastic. We would have taken that at the start of the season and have the opportunity uh, to win a super final at home. It was there for the taking. But in the end of the day, uh, what I... Um, man, you have to admire those Crusaders. The discipline, the composure. Um, you talked about some of those big decisions. They controlled all those big decisions, didn't allow the referee to influence their outcome. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you do admire them, but shit. Um, I was gutted. Um, oh. like, like the rest of the, the people, no doubt, listening to this and supporting our team. Do you have to lose one to win one? Will they be better for this now? Or is that just is that sort of just one of those sort of romantic sort of um notions that you find in some sort of motivational book? Yeah, I think they've lost a few tough games in the last couple of three years to kind of build up to that this. I thought they're in a really good space to win it. They had great experience. They've had some innovation, they've had some young players really step up this year. Um, and, and we really, I don't think they could have done, you know, we'll talk about discipline, we'll get into that in some of those moments, but, mate, to be honest, what I, apart from, you know, really disappointing having the guys uh, yellow carded, but the guys played as well as they could. Their physicality at the breakdown, I thought, matched the intensity of the Crusaders. Um, their innovation, their field position, I thought, matched everything of the Crusaders, and it could have gone honestly either way. So both teams were deserving to win that final. Crusaders, with their composure, with their calmness, some of their big leaders, you know, the the, the Sam Whitelocks, um, Cody Taylors of the world, um, being so composed, 
uh, ruthless, relentless, uh, got there in the end. But honestly, mate, I, I, it could have gone either way. So it was on the knife edge all the way through. Yeah, Kamu, when you're sitting there, I mean, you know this game at a far more intricate level than any of us. Was there anything that you were sitting there wishing the Chiefs were going to be doing differently tactically? Like I had uh, Justin on the other day and he was saying that he was surprised that Brad Weber didn't kick that, you know, didn't kick a lot from the base of the scrum. And he's clearly seen things through the eyes of a halfback. Was, was there anything there that you felt the Chiefs could have done just a little bit better or differently? No, to be honest, I couldn't. As I mentioned, I thought they played you know, the yellow cards clearly had a huge influence it, and some of those you know, marginal calls had a huge influence. But no, I was really proud of the way I thought. It uh, hadn't always been a strength of ours, but I thought our exits from kickoffs were really good. Um, you know, if we'd had our time again, uh, but let's remember up against one of the great line-out exponents of the world, and Sam White, like I thought, our line-outs uh, were poor. Um, if they had those, again, I think could have been more dominant there. But I, I love the way we were competing at the breakdown. I love the way we were getting over the ball. I love the way we were throwing numbers. And, and it was brutal, Watto, at, at that breakdown. So I don't think we could have done much more there. You know, we had been um, up until this final and continue on the final defending those line-out drives close to the line brilliantly against the Reds, against the Brumbies. And it was only when we were down... Jake was in on one occasion, Sam Kane on the other, that we conceded um, tries in that department. So, you know, we, we, we needed to keep our players on there, but I also wanted our players to play with that level of intensity, pushing uh, the boundaries. And that's what they did. So I'm really proud of them for that. There is a bit of a perception out there, maybe off the back of the Reds game and then off the back of the Brumbies game, that perhaps they'd passed their peak, but that perhaps the performance... Um, was just starting to angle down on the curve rather than going up when a lot of people felt that the Crusaders were just hitting their form at the right time. Um, was is there any merit in that, or are we not giving the are we not giving the Reds and the Brumbies enough credit for having done their homework and and the fact that they had 11, 12, 13 rounds to study thirteen tapes and start to work out how you beat this wonderful side. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we were going on the downward curve because look at the level of intensity that we matched, I thought, against the Crusaders. And it comes down to, once again, those little, little moments that will forever rue, you know. I mean, all fans watching it. And, mate, we don't want to keep on going on about these, these head clashes type things. But, I mean, they just gut me. They really do, you know. You know, Keith referee was, was fine with the Lemmett Brown uh, tackle. Uh, no problems whatsoever. Um, and then, you know, gets called back. And those kind of marginal things have a huge impact. You know, I kind of sit there just before half time and you you wonder how uh, in this modern rugby where the TMO was meant to kind of be there for those whoopsie moments where we all see them blatantly and the referee doesn't, yeah. um, allows this board pass to go ahead. And... People are saying, well, they didn't immediately score off that, but it has a huge influence on field position, momentum, all of those things. So indirectly, they did score from that forward pass um, because the whole game changes. Um, so that, those are kind of moments that kind of wind me up, but that's not taking anything also away from the Crusaders because one of the things the Crusaders did, I thought brilliantly, and this is down to that composure, um, we also say this, since, well, mate, since we've all been playing the game of rugby, they took the referee out of the equation. When you make the referee 
uh, make a decision, you have to wear it rightly or wrongly. Crusaders had their composure, had their discipline, kept some patience about them, that they weren't put in that situation. We were on three occasions, uh, or maybe more, um, and, and we have to wear that. Mm. You are listening to Chiefs Mana, Mark Watson alongside of me, All Black great Ian Jones. We'll take a break, we'll come back, we'll get Camo to look at how things might look in 2024 and we'll get him to maybe hand out some player awards, um, maybe some brick bats and some bouquets. We'll do that next. Celebrating a remarkable season for the Chiefs, just come up slightly short, didn't quite get the job done in that final, losing 25 points to 20. All Black Great, live from Lake Pukaki in the South Island, joins us as my co-host this half an hour. Carmo, uh, in your opinion, uh, well, OK, based on this, from what your understanding is, the nuclear for this side will be back in 2024? 100%, what I would be fantastic. Um New blood will need to come in and think about I mean, some of the greats that were leaving, you know, Brady Retallick, the Brad Webbers of the world, with the greatest respect to those men and it's great respect to any legend who are leaving their franchise. They are replaceable. All New Zealand great players are replaceable, regardless of what team you play for. History will tell us that. Uh, we will, you know, we'll celebrate these guys and we should, the contribution they've made to this franchise. But they will be replaced. A, a Brody Retallick will be replaced by a Josh Lord, for instance, who will now have to step up and take that mantle. You know, the Brad Weber, whose contribution to the Chiefs is unparalleled. His passion for this club has been unparalleled. But we've got two young halfbacks. There'll be others that will raise their heads during the, the NPC. They will replace these men. So, yep, absolutely the nucleus. Look at the nucleus of the loose board trio with Sam Kane still there. Um, Penny Finau still there. Luke Jacobson still there. Uh, we got up front, you know, can build a, a front row around Samasoni, no problems whatsoever. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, another really confrontational um, prop, loose head, tight head. It doesn't really worry me, but I think we could we could look pretty strongly at, at building someone to complement. Samasoni. I mean, I love Ollie Norris coming off the bench and what he brings, but maybe that's an area uh, we'll work pretty hard um, to, to replace, but our back line pretty much intact yeah. um, and will be very strong. It's not a bad back three, is it? Nino Satoru, Stevenson, Narewa. Um, you know, arguably, I mean, it'd be it'd, if it wasn't New Zealand, that would be a back three that would be good enough for any other international side in the world. Yep, so wonderful basis. And, and the, more to the point, uh, coaching staff will stay intact, so um, you know that's wonderful as well. And and more importantly, what our, our great supporters will stay there for another year, and, and they really did. I mean, that some of the crowds that we had in Hamilton at, at Rugby Park was awesome. Great to be part of. Great to see on TV, um, and, and really become a feature. I thought of this Chiefs team all the way through, uh, support of the crowd. So thank you very much. Yeah, I think what's also just really, really pleasing too, and we didn't see a lot of him until later in the season, but it's really nice that Josh Awani started to come back into form. You know, he's played just that one test for the All Blacks, moved up from the Highlanders, again being decimated a little bit by injury. But boy, what you know, what another wonderful player if you do at some point get some injury um, and, and, you know, you're looking for that next first 5-8. 
mate. No, what I mean, I've been going on it bloody every weekend, so and I may be out, of, you know, out of sync with everyone else. But yeah, I think Joshuano said Bryn Gatlin was a big loss, and I'd love to have brought Joshuano on maybe a little ten minutes earlier than he did because I really think that double playmaker role, Joshuano, Dave McKenzie, McKenzie dropping to that uh, left wing. He went fullback in the weekend, but left wing or back there somewhere can just kind of give give us a point of difference in that last 30 minutes of, of a game. Um, and for whatever reason, Clayton kind of kept uh, Josh on the bench for an extra 10 minutes than he had done in other games, I noticed. But I really do love it when Dave McKenzie, who has been brilliant, no doubt about that, at first five eight, but brilliant when we get fast uh, turnover ball more than anything. Um, but he's brilliant when he can... Uh, find those mismatches go a little bit wider. Exactly the same as what we did 10 years ago when Cruden went on that run, 2-12, 2-13, was it, when we won championships? He used to pop out outside Sunny Bill um, and cause havoc. And I think Mackenzie, Stevenson, they can all do the same. So, yep, Joshuani made an impact every time he came on, but that double playmaker once more. But, I mean, really the foundation this year uh, and... I thought the intensity once more in the final was laid by the foundation of the type five. Brilliant type five. You know, once more, Sam Sony strong. He looked fit. Um, as I said, maybe another prop to add to that mix who will complement each other. Loose foot, the locks, brilliant. Um, and we'll have good locks next year. And loose forward trio who may be looking for maybe another um, athlete uh, on the blindside flank. And once more, someone will will step up during the NPC season. Okay, Camo, let's uh, maybe hand out a few awards then. Um, so, your Chiefs Forward of the Year. Oh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's quite... A, I've been thinking a lot I, about I, that. I'm going to give you mine, but I'll let you give you me yours first. Yeah, well, I'm going to go for a guy I've been mighty impressed with every game because he set the tone, set the defensive tone, really, and that's Luke Jacobs in the number eight. Uh, I just thought every time he played, and particularly played in the eight position, they were just, his ball-carrying ability was strong. He's just a solid, you know, hard-nosed, typical Mulu athlete. And I love that about him. But defensively, he was just set that standard. And, and when he was that defensive line, we were pretty damn hard to stop. Uh, and just showed, you know, when unfortunately he was off um, for 10 minutes on the weekend, we conceded some points. So, you know, with plenty of players, including Sam Kane, including Brody Italic, including Samasoni Takahahu, who could be well uh, up there for the award. I'm going for Luke Jacobson. Yes, yeah, snap. So he was my pick as well. And I think it's just been a remarkable season for him. I think Sam Kane too has really thrived in uh, this team this year and maybe sort of put a few fears to rest. You know, he's always been one of those players that people haven't always been convinced about an all-black jersey. Luke Jacobson, I think, you know, he hasn't had, it's always been injury that's maybe just prevented that consistency. But in this Chiefs environment, both have stood up and both have said, hey, look, we are genuinely world-class. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, I think this is probably quite an easy one, uh, but your overall back of the year. Yeah, well... <laughs> I don't know how, how easy because there's been plenty of heroes out there. I mean, I loved uh, Amoni Narawa, the way he has played, his energy that he brings um, on the wing. Uh, I thought he was a wonderful, got to say wonderful on the final and been rewarded, of course, with an all-black call-up, which is brilliant. Dame McKenzie, after a year away 
last year came back, cemented that 10 jersey. That's where he wants to be. That's where he feels clearly comfortable and he can make the biggest impact um, on the team. Uh, but for me personally, and you have to be innovative in this modern game, uh, the Chiefs had to bring something different to the party. And with here, something different and the free license, I guess, that they gave Sean Stevenson, his confidence, his ability to, I guess, team up and partner up uh, with Damien McKenzie, certainly when they Damien was allowed to go a little bit wider out than first receiver. Um, Sean's step, Sean's uh, brilliance under the high ball, his speed, and contrary to what uh, all-black coach Ian Foster thinks, his defensive work, which is rock-solid. Uh, I think every Chiefs fan will tell you that uh, Shooter is as strong at the back than any other player out there. And scores tries, Watto, that not many other players in 15s that you think in this country would be able to score. Scores them with his speed more than anything, but also scores them with his beautiful ability to change his line. So for me, Sean Stevenson was my back of the year. Okay, now this one here, and you might not necessarily Who'd have... you go for? Oh, no, I went Sean Stevenson every day of the week. Yeah, no doubt here. I, I, I just, uh, and even off the back of that final, I just sit there and scratch my head around how Ian Foster's only got this guy's injury cover and can go and pick Caleb Clark, and who I think is defensively woeful, and try and find some way of leaving Stevenson out. It's just mind-boggling, mate, absolutely mind-boggling. But we'll leave that one there. Uh, look, Camo, I've got three nominees here for Breakout Player of the Year, and some might argue that, well, they've been around longer than a year, but I've got Sammy Peeney Finau. I've gone yep. with Rameka Poihepi and also Rates, um, uh, sorry, yeah, <laughs> Cortez. Rat, um, yeah, sorry, I'm just having, I'm, yep. I'm just having my uh, little moment of um, hesitancy there. Yeah, so, so Ratama Cortez, Rameka Poihepi or do we go with Finau? Who is your breakout player of the year? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, it, it, it makes us really, um, I'm really looking forward to the midfield pairings next year, isn't we? You know, I know Leonard Brown, is, is he going to be around? I'm not sure, but we, we are going to have solid young midfield partnership next year, which is really exciting. We've all been given some super rugby experience. We'll be hungry to kind of get back. And these things, you asked whether you need to lose a final to win a final. Well, whilst I don't agree with that, whatsoever, there will be a fire burning inside their bellies, like there's a fire burning inside of all the supporters of the Chiefs' bellies as well, wanting our guys to kind of get back into action, stay injury-free during the All Blacks and NBC campaigns and get back on board uh, with the Chiefs for next year. So the midfield, I think, will be like that. But Sam Penny Finau, uh, he's been a developing athlete for a long, long time. We're given regular game time in that sixth jersey to partner, form a partnership with Jacobson and Sam Kane. has been brilliant to be rewarded uh, with an all-black call-up for his um, athleticism, one thing, physicality, a second thing, and his sheer uh, energy, uh, speed, and enjoyment that he brings to the game for the third thing, I think, which is why his call-up for the all-blacks. I'd go for Sammy Pino Finau. Can't wait for him to learn even more in the All Black camp, uh, get that kind of um, you know desire to go not just be an All Black but be a Test All Black, but to be a great uh, All Black. That's his pathway, uh, and to get that pathway, he needs another solid campaign uh, next year for the Chiefs. So, yep, he was my breakout 
our chief of the year, um, Simba Penny Finau. Yeah, I've gone with Rameka Poihepi. I just think he was brilliant at a time when Anton Leonard Brown, Nankerville and stuff weren't available and then that ability to also step in and play at first five when asked. But yeah, look, uh, just two or three absolutely wonderful, wonderful players. Uh, Kamo, I, I just want to touch again now on Brody Retallick. Um, he's heading off to Japan. Uh, yourself excluded, of course. Uh, is he arguably the greatest player that's ever played for the Chiefs? Is he the Colin Meads of this team? Well, it's very, very hard to say that in this era. He's been brilliant. I mean, you look at what Liam Messam has done yep, well for this said, team well and said. really yep. building up uh, what Chiefs Marla is all about. I mean, you know, fantastic. And we, like, I've never, ever once compared players from, from any era, but Brody Retallick's contribution to the side. I think the contribution, not only what we see on game day, which is immense um, for 80 minutes, the big guy just absolutely goes, but I'm sure his contribution, you know, the seven days of the week and what the Josh Lords of, of the world um, can learn from a Brady Retallick to see this guy go about his work, bring that kind of professionalism and physicality and desire every day uh, at training. I think that's what we've got the best out of Brody Retallick. And so your great players, what we see on Saturday, are brilliant, Wada, but your great players, you know, the Brody Retallick's, the Brad Webbers, they do that every day at training. They set a level every day at training, and young guys need to replicate the intensity that they bring to training. So uh, thank you for what he's done, uh, but he'll be sorely missed. Carmo, it's been a privilege and a pleasure in 2023, my good man. Thank you for your contributions on all things Chiefs, Smart Up and Super Rugby. Yep, thanks very much. What I just finally, hey, well done to the fans. Be proud of our team. Look forward to 24. I expect you to go swimming in Lake Pupaki. Uh, Lake, uh, I'm having a terrible night with my pronunciation. Anyway, we'll leave it there.